0: Welcome to Season 4 of uh, Dudes of Kung Fu. Alex and I are excited to be back. This is our first episode back for Season 4. And uh, in it we just kind of catch up on what we're doing in our lives and our projects and and then we uh, answer a viewer question. We start the season off by uh, talking to you for what you want to talk about. The uh, question was should there be high kicking in Wing Chun? And we talk about that from a Wing Chun and Ji Kune Do perspective so Sit back, enjoy, and uh, we're glad to be back. Dudes of Kung Fu! Please welcome your hosts, Alex Richter and Big Sean Madigan. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Season premiere of Season 4, Episode 1, Doos of Kung Fu, man. How's everybody doing?
1: Man, it's good to be back. Can you believe Season 4 already? And we never thought we'd last more than one season in this atmosphere.
0: <laughs> I, I, I'm i telling you, I'm so excited about this. I I know the people have uh, missed us. We took a little bit of a longer break than we anticipated, but uh, I think... We'll we usually be- end up
1: taking a longer break than we anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's kind true. of the history of our podcast is something like that, right?
0: I think we need to both. We both need to clear our heads sometimes. You know, it's uh, people well, realize we have jobs and lives and would... stuff like that. <laughs> right, exactly right. And, well, I, I think it's it, it, it's it's
1: difficult for some people to understand because we seem like unending sources of martial and Wing Chun wisdom, but. You know, it would be different if I see you every day, Sean, we would never have a problem of, we would never run out of stuff to talk to, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's the most interesting stuff for the audience. Like you and I can be entertained with stuff that the audience would not be entertained with for sure.
0: Right, absolutely. It's uh, we, we, You and I, have, we, we seem to be able to just bullshit about things and the time just flies and I don't know how much people want to hear us just sit and bullshit every time.
1: <laughs> Speaking of bullshit, I actually saw you a couple times. Uh, well, actually, I've seen you once this entire summer since we've been gone. We've bullshitted a few times since, but the one time I saw you was at the 15 year anniversary of my school, right?
0: Oh, that was awesome. I got to tell you. I'm gonna let you talk about a majority of it, but I just wanna No, it's better if you business. talk
1: about it. If I talk about it, it just sounds like shameless self promotion.
0: <laughs> but you would sell at that, Alex. That's if like that's your fucking niche in life, man. Like mm, what is Alex mm, good at? Mm, it's mm. like it's like showing his nipples and shameless self promotion and see well, by the way. <laughs> Dude, that that party festival get together celebration was The fucking bomb. I had such a great time. And, um, you know, since I'm the kind of guy who kind of just puts everything out there, I'm going to come at it from where I live my life, right? I'm sitting here saying the last fucking thing I want to do on a weekend is go into Manhattan. Right. and going to the city. I, I, I work, for those that don't know, I work in, in the city. People in New York would never call it Manhattan. They go to the city. But for the, for the rest of you people out there, we'll, we'll call it Manhattan. So I work in Midtown Manhattan. It's the last place I want to go to on a weekend. When Alex is saying, listen, you're coming to this fucking party. My, one of my good friends, I'm not gonna let him down. But I'm sitting here saying, the last fucking place I want to go to is Manhattan. (laughs) For several reasons. One, because I'm a fat, lazy fuck, and I don't want to walk the fucking blocks from parking. And then I realize, oh, shit, this is on the second fucking floor of the restaurant. I got to walk my fat ass up the stairs. (laughs) And I fucking hate people, too. So it's like, I'm like, you know what? All in all, this is not something... I mean, I wanted to go to celebrate with Alex. I wanted to actually be there, but just I'm a lazy fat fuck. So I don't want to get up out of the couch on a weekend, you know? So my wife was like, no, you got to go. You're going to have such a great time. You, Alex is like your best friend. So I'm like, no, I'm going. I'm just going to (laughs) complain. Well, things could not have gone better. I fucking pull. I said, let me pull up in front of the place and then I'll go look for the parking lot. I had scouted out some parking lots. They're all, like, a couple blocks away, and they're all, like, $30 for parking for three hours, right? Well,
1: that's cheap for Manhattan, by the way. Right.
0: <laughs> so I, I literally pull up outside of the place, and I'm like, wait a second. This is a fucking legit parking spot across the street from the restaurant. A legit parking spot. I think like-
1: people who don't live in New York, they, they don't really understand what a kind of... Uh, kind of fairy tale thing that um that that is because if you go into New York, especially on the weekend, good luck finding parking on the street. You have to find a parking garage, and you're going to be paying top dollar for that. So to find a parking spot on the street in Manhattan, it's not just like you're kind of lucky. That's like almost unheard of.
0: Right, that's like the golden ring lucky man. That's like scratch off win lucky. You know, And I literally <laughs> pull up across the street from the place, and I said, "Oh, let me point them what I'm thinking is a bus stop." And I'm like, holy shit, this is an actual fucking parking spot. (laughs) So, you know, I I, I get out, I I dump a couple bucks into the meter. I go across the street and I say, all right, you know, let's go up the stairs. And and there's a fucking elevator. I'm (laughs) like, I'm going to grab Alex and kiss him on the fucking lips for this, right? (laughs) I got parking across the street and I got an elevator. I go up the elevator. I come out into this party room, which is fantastic it's just awesome and there's so many awesome people there i see alex which i had never known that he dressed as a woman before but you know he had this beautiful little chiffon outfit on i don't know what you want to call it but it was haters haters gonna hate for sure it was a nice little it was like this silk chinese thing it was kind of it was just pretty and
1: stole it from sean's closet by the way
0: right because my clothes can fit you (laughs) And I, I got to meet so many of Alex's students again, and the ones that I had met before, I got to see again. And I got to Alex introduced me to um, Moxie Fu, which could not have been a cooler person. He was so incredibly cool. And I was, was going to talk about him a little bit. Um, his daughter, his daughter was with him. She was so sweet. I got to take pictures with people. Um, Jim Roslando. I got to sit with Jim. Um, it was just. Jim's, so a, many... Jim's a
1: super cool dude, isn't he?
0: Jim, Jim and I had a blast at your party, <laughs> mostly making fun of you. Of but course. Jim and I had so much fun at your party, and your students, dude, your students could not be fucking cooler. Thank you, man. Your student died, Alex's school, City Wing Chun is the bomb when it comes to Wing Chun. And I'm not just talking about the instruction, because honestly, I've never taken a fucking lesson there. I'm just talking about the environment and the people that hang out and train there. These people are the bomb. I fucking love these people. They were so incredibly nice to me. People were coming over, they were laughing, they love the podcast.
1: Getting autographs from you in the in the anniversary book too.
0: People are asking me for my autograph, which by the way, I held that over my wife because half of Alex's students are freaking beautiful girls. So, <laughs> I'm
1: like- Yeah, we, I'm, we do have a number of hot females at City And seven. I'm
0: saying to my wife, oh yeah, and, uh, this one asked my autograph and you know, just having some fun. But um, oh my God, I just had so much, such a great time. I mean, your demonstration with the the knives, that was phenomenal. Uh, your students put on a few demonstrations. There was tons of good demonstrations. And um, yeah, we had
1: a treesesa um, man from Junmo Wing Chun in the uk. they they did a demonstration and some cool weapon stuff, some Wing Chun stuff. We had a a Tai Chi group that actually rents for me. They did like a Tai Chi form. They try to do it as quickly as they can because they know Tai Chi tends to be a bit long, but uh, that was pretty cool. And then we had um, Maxifu demonstrated like a very rare, internal tiger form which is totally dope and uh, uh jim Rosalando demonstrated some pinzan on wing chun and my good friend damon honeycutt demonstrated monkey kung fu like like oh, nobody's business
0: so i got it it's so funny like you know like the six degrees of separation yeah so i posted a bunch of pictures from mm-hmm. the party onto my facebook page and what'd you say his name was david honeycutt
1: damon honeycutt
0: david damon honeycutt damon, yeah so there's a student of steve golden Named Michael Boyce, whose son, Tyler, I really don't know that well. I mean, I'm just through Facebook, lived with Damon Honeycutt and wow. was his personal student. And he's like, hey, that's my Sifu. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow.
0: It was just so cool how, like, I'm at this party, watching, sitting, literally sitting at the table with a buddy of mine's kid. You know, that his Sifu was just, it was just a whole night. Was one cool thing next to the next?
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, demos were fun. We had some awards for some of my senior students. Stephen William Kwok from Practical Wing Chun, one uh, Kam Leung student, was also there too. You got to meet him.
0: I got to meet him. I've been dying to meet him. I got to meet uh, Rick Myers.
1: That's right. The, the 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 famous Rick Myers was also there. Vincent Lin was there as well. Yeah, we've got a, quite a number of people there.
0: Oh, it was just fantastic. And and of course, your students, you know, a- Antonio and Margaret and. I'm forgetting half of their names right now cuz I should it's have okay. looked them down but <laughs> You're know, not known you know, for you're not you're Barry, known for
1: your memory of names. <laughs> right. Sure, Barry,
0: you know, it's yep. yep. just who's the fucking incredibly incredibly nice. Yeah, yep. uh, yeah, yeah. But by, by the
1: way, I think I think the F bombs on this first premiere of Season 4 Dudes of Kung Fu has already exceeded the PG-13 rating limit.
0: <laughs> all right, sorry. Fuck that.
1: <laughs> no, no it's okay. Hey, by the way, I read an article, you know how many F-bombs you're allowed to drop in a PG-13 movie before it's rated R?
0: Oh, I did not know that. You're way. only
1: allowed one F-bomb in a PG-13 movie, unless the second F-bomb is more than 20 minutes apart from the first one. That is a useless <laughs> fact. We have definitely exceeded that in this podcast already. This is definitely well, R-rated I'll, podcast.
0: I'll, I'll, try, I'll try and hold back a little oh, bit. Oh, it's too
1: late. We already have the R rating. You might as well go with it. <laughs>
0: well, then, then I'm going to take off my shirt and really go to town.
1: Yeah, yeah
0: so that was really great. I mean,
1: for me, the, you know, it was the 15-year anniversary of my school, so it was great to see like old students there and then see... All like, you know, the new group, you know, just obviously have you there was really huge for me because you're, uh, you know, you're definitely part of the family. You're definitely part of what's going on in my life now. And it was really great to have you there. And, and it was cool for for the students because the students ask about you all the time, Sean. You know, like they listen to the podcast. They, they always ask me questions about you. So, you know, you're like a total celebrity for those guys They were super happy to meet you. And they still tell me, you know, they still ask when they're going to see you next and stuff. So, yeah, they were like really, really excited about that.
0: Yeah, it it was so it was just so much fun. I I um, was excited to meet uh, Maxifu. Fu. Yeah, Siva uh, Kong is amazing. He was so nice. I, I it was funny because like I'm sitting here. I I was actually sitting next to his daughter, and I said, "Would it be?" You know, I said to her, because he, he apparently English is not his first, second, or third language, and. I just said to the daughter, I said, would it be okay if I took a picture with him? And she was like, sure, you know? And I get up, I take a picture, and then I ask her permission, is it okay if I post it to Sifu, uh, post it to Facebook? Right. And she was like, oh, of course. She was like, do you want to be his Facebook friend? She goes, <laughs> said, sure. So she's like, yeah, hey, give me your phone, <laughs> you yeah. so- know? Next thing That's I know, I'm awesome. on Facebook friends with him. So it was That's just, great. and I'm so happy I did because he posts so many great pictures.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he's really great. And he's a huge source of uh, Chinese Kung Fu knowledge for me. In fact, uh, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this to you when we did the Batamdo Do podcast, but like his ability with the short knives, like the same ones we use in Wing Chun, although he doesn't use the Batamdo Do form, he uses, uh, you know, the Hongar versions. But his knowledge and ability is really incredible. And uh, a lot of the knife techniques and theories like for actual application are one-to-one the same as what we do in Wing Chun. So he always gives me like um, suggestions and ideas and he shows me how other people do things and he's, it's been tremendous. And the same thing with the long pole as well. And what I'm doing to improve the Bacchan Do program that I teach, because uh, the Bacchan Do we use to fight against different types of weapons. Well, I wanted to improve my knowledge in those other weapons. So if I'm going to teach my student how even though it's not what we need for nowadays. If I wanna teach my student how to defend a broad Chinese broadsword attack using these knives, might be a good idea if I actually knew how to use a Chinese broadsword, (laughs) right? So um, I actually had him teaching me Chinese broadsword on the last lesson, he taught me a form, and every day I've been working on it a little bit. It's a lot of fun, it's great for movement, and it's scary as hell. The more I know about the broadsword, the more I go, I'm not sure I want to use my short knives against this thing. I think I would just run. <laughs> like, That's you know? so funny. So um, yeah, he's tremendous, and I'm going to be in Hong Kong in three weeks, going with my student Antonio, and I'll continue training with him there and and um, comparing stuff. And and it's great because now I have these experts in other martial arts. Uh, you know, not just Brazilian jiu-jitsu and boxing, but you know, other traditional right. Chinese martial arts where I can bounce ideas off of and, okay, how would this work and how would you handle this situation? And it's really great to, uh, to have the chance to do that. So I'm, I'm very blessed to have um, Maxifu in my life and, 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 you know, super awesome, super awesome.
0: Speaking about your student Antonio, uh, two things. One, um, at, the, at the party, he had ran, I guess, downstairs to his car or something and he knows I love music and he's a musician. And he went downstairs and got me one of his CDs. Right, which is on constant play in my in my in my car now. Antonio's amazing.
1: I mean, he's a world-renowned uh, oh. saxophone player. He's no joke. No, no, I mean, no, no. yeah, yeah, he's
0: amazing. I I, I love his stuff. It's it's really really good, and um, he just just literally just today he sent me this incredible picture, painting, drawing of uh, Moyat. Grandmaster Moya, I'll be forever grateful to the guy because it's just so incredibly nice. It's going to look awesome hanging in my house. That's great, man. That's uh, great. Antonio, I want to thank you very much. That was uh, very cool of you and very nice of you. You're a good man. appreciate that.
1: Yeah, yeah, Antonio's good people. I I don't know if people saw we posted it on the City Wing Chun Facebook page and also you posted it on the Dudes of Kung Fu page um, that um, uh, Xinhua, which is a huge Chinese media outlet, just did a – six-minute piece on me and and it's basically an interview they shot in my school and so it's like you know you can see my students training they interview me a little bit and uh, I like how the piece came out Uh, if you know if um, people haven't seen it yet you can go to the dudes of kung fu Facebook page Um, Sean posted it there the link is there and you guys can watch it and you know share it if you like it. It's um, I'm pretty happy with how it came out. And uh, it's also interesting to see that um, the mainland Chinese market is becoming more and more interested in traditional Chinese Kung Fu. The gag is they just want to hear about it from Westerners. <laughs> 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 because it's kind of funny. Some of my Chinese counterparts in martial arts, they're always complaining that the Chinese media doesn't want to do any stories on them. But the Chinese media is always doing stories on me. And I'm like, yeah, because but for them it's actually more interesting about a Westerner who teaches Chinese Kung Fu and is introducing Chinese culture. It's like I, I always joke with them, I say, you're just another Chinese guy that does kung fu, but I'm exotic. <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's, awesome. it's kind of nice because uh, in the interview I tried to kind of rebrand the way um, people look at Chinese martial arts and and um, you know try to get a little bit of, a little bit away from the old presentation and kind of show people that it's this you know great lifestyle um, kind of, kung fu is basically a lifestyle, and, and to take part of that can only improve your life overall. And, and it's not just about fighting and punching and kicking and all that kind of stuff. So, that's awesome,
0: yeah. dude. That yeah. is awesome. I, um, I actually, and it's because of the experience of doing this podcast that I, I ventured out into try something I never tried before. And it's definitely going to be a, uh, a part of my life now going forward. So, I have a buddy of mine who um, just turned 50 years old, and we had a nice party for him and part of the uh, party was he he's a stand-up comedian and um part of the party is about a dozen of his stand-up comedian friends we're going to roast him and all each each one of them each other and uh you know put kind of put on a show for the 50 well, not, like 75 people at the party and he listens to the podcast and he's like dude you're funny he's like join in on the roast and I'm like, I'm going to be on a roast with a dozen actual comedians. And he's
1: it's like, like, it's like, it's like, it's like Conor McGregor going into the ring with Floyd Mayweather.
0: He's like, he goes, just try it. So I, you know, I, I, I know most of them, and uh, I did. And you know what? It went really well.
1: And I heard that there was one joke in particular they made at your expense, which was pretty funny, and it concerned the podcast.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's I actually read it a few. There was one joke. Yeah, someone, someone, someone who really doesn't even know anything about um, what we do. He's like, he goes, he goes. Uh, Sean, Sean apparently does a kung fu podcast. Sean, do you see this guy? He does kung fu. That's like saying ISIS does an "I Love America" podcast. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the other comedians says, um, Sean likes something called Wing Chun. He goes, I really wasn't invested enough to figure out what the fuck Wing Chun is. He goes, when I'm thinking wings, I look at him. It's got to be just a different way of deep frying them.
1: (laughs) Hey, you know, funny thing about that. There is a place in New York City called City Wings, which is a wing joint. And at least... A couple times a week, we get two or three phone calls. People thinking we're City Wings, and they're calling us with chicken orders. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's a, wow. That's really funny, man. So, how, how did you feel doing was it? Really you like really nervous? Scared, yeah? I was
0: really nervous getting up to the microphone. It was uh, I went first, and um, you know, it was it was. I knew they were coming to come at me hard. Right. And they would hold me like, listen, nothing's off the table. Mm-hmm. use whatever you can use. And um, so like, there was one guy who's an incredible comedian. A matter of fact, he's been begging to come on the podcast.
1: Really?
0: He's so funny. He's so funny. He's a former military. Um, he's so funny. And he's actually and he makes no secret of it. He's a recovering heroin addict. And um, so my leadoff joke was that uh, when I got up, I got up there. So listen, folks, you know, rest assured, I'm going to be the biggest thing you see tonight. And, and I said, when Sal gets up here, I know Sal's going to go to town with a bunch of fat jokes. What people don't know is that a couple of years ago, Sal used to be nearly my size. He was, you know, 400 freaking pounds. He was, he was a fat bastard just like me. But we went different directions in life. I went to Weight Watchers, and clearly that didn't work. But Sal got to get the heroin. So he clearly <laughs> won fucking life, you know?
1: So. That's great, man. That's great.
0: Anyway, so it went really well. I got a lot of laughs. And afterwards, a couple of the guys are promoters for like uh, open mics and things to that effect. Mm-hmm. And they're like, listen, you really should be behind a microphone. You're funny. So, you know, I'm actually going to do a couple of open mics. If it wow. goes well. Um, if it goes well, I'm not gonna say when they are now because I don't want anybody there.
1: <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have dudes of Kung Fu groupies showing up to your open mics. <laughs>
0: but after, after, if if it goes well and I, I actually make people laugh, I'm gonna I'll mention when I'm gonna have a, a comedy open mic or two, and we'll uh, we'll we'll have some fun.
1: Oh, that's really fantastic, man. Uh, yeah, let me know how that goes and and when you start to polish up your act, I would love to come see it, man. That'd be yeah, really it's, cool. Yeah, it's
0: it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's 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 definitely a new. Uh, avenue of interest for me and right. i uh, i'm enjoying it a lot you know it's right, right, it's right. kind of cool to make people laugh you know
1: it's a great feeling man it's a great yeah. feeling so um we actually have uh, one uh, one question that came into the dudes of kung fu sites um obviously we've been out for a little bit so we we're kind of playing catch up here a bit so we can't answer all of them we can only uh uh, sort out all the ones that are inappropriate, and all people sending us strange photos of themselves in their bathroom, and then just weed out the ones that have actual questions. in there. All
0: right, that reminds me, Virginia, call me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he means the states. Okay, so, uh, <laughs> uh, so we got a guy named Reggie who who wrote us in. Um, this is uh, this is over a month ago. Obviously, we've been on hiatus for a bit, so uh, again, we're playing catch up. And uh, uh, Reggie basically had a question. Um, about whether it's really essential to train high kicks in Wing Chun. Uh, Obviously Wing Chun is Southern style not known for high kicks. Um, So is it necessary to train high kicks and do various flexibility exercises and uh, um, you know just kind of wanted a little bit of feedback on that so um, that's the topic I'd love to talk about. I'm pretty sure we may have kind of covered it here and again but you know it it seems to be the one of the perennial topics that come up with Wing Chun because we are known for not kicking high. You know, uh, what what is the, the sayings like? But uh, you but you right? The, the leg doesn't pass the waist or something like that is the old Chinese saying. Um, but uh, of course, then people ask, well, what about high kicks? And we do occasionally see Wing Chun people demoing kicks that are a little bit higher. And then maybe you can also talk about it from... Uh, A Jeet Kune Do perspective because I know that there's obviously the dichotomy between what Bruce Lee practiced and what Bruce Lee um, tended to uh, uh, promote in terms of practical fighting. And then, of course, that which what he did in the films most famously being known for high kicks and spinning kicks and things like that. Right. So. um, Wing Chun, obviously, uh, is a style that's known mostly for low line kicks. Uh, you know, we generally don't kick above the waist. We generally like to aim kicks to the the legs, the thigh, the ankle, that kind of thing. And uh, there's obvious reasons for that. Uh, it's easier to maintain balance. It's easier to disguise the kick uh, while you're doing hand techniques, the so-called no-shadow kick or whatever. Um, but obviously, uh, we'll sometimes see demonstrations where, like, a Wing Chun sequel si will kick a little bit higher or... Uh, or you know, sometimes i will do a pose, or sometimes I'll even hold my leg a little bit higher, or whatever. And and this is um this is a, a question, in my opinion, that's always the um uh it's always kind of a clashing between what you will need in a fight and what's practical and sensible to do in a situation, and then what you may just want to have as a martial artist or as an athlete or just for general fitness, right? So the fact that Wing Chun does not use high kicks. Does not somehow mean that it's bad to stretch or to be able to kick high or to have hip mobility or any of these things and that's where i often see the message gets a little bit muddied because there's some wing chun sifus they're like oh in wing chun we don't have to kick high so therefore they tend not to place any emphasis on leg techniques or mobility or stretching or whatever and um i find that that's probably not the best way to go about it i mean you can certainly do wing chun without using any kicks if someone wants to kick you and you can close the gap very quickly, and, and I know I know Wing Chun people because of hip, ankle, knee problems that don't use any kicks because they physically can't kick, right? So they have to create a Wing Chun, like if they're defending kicks, they have to use their footwork and angle and position and stuff like that. They're not going to use their legs to defend and things like that. And their expression of Wing Chun is totally legit, right? Um, but I'm talking more about the faction that is going to use kicks, okay? Because, like, saying that you can totally fight without using kicks and, and still be effective. Um, I'm always of the opinion that whatever range of motion you need to do for whatever athletic endeavor you do, you should be able, you should be about 25 to 30% more flexible than that which what you need on a regular basis. Because if you can, if you say, okay, in Wing Chun, we only kick waist high, but your flexibility only allows you to lift your leg waist high. Well, your kick is going to be very weak at waist height because you're actually kicking at the limit of your flexibility, meaning that. The muscles are already going to start reining in because you're getting tight, which means you will not be able to get the full explosiveness on the kick because you're already fighting your stiffness, right? Which means if you can only kick to the waist without where you start to tax your flexibility, you're probably only effective kicking at the knee. You know what I mean? But if you want to be able to kick to the waist effectively, you need to be able to kick a little bit higher so that your waist high kick is done unimpeded without any antagonistic muscle tension. So I'm all for mobility, flexibility, you know, at the end of all my classes, we do like a hip mobility series, and I like to do lots of stretching and crazy stuff, which I actually learned a lot from Damon, my monkey kung fu friend we were talking about, like a lot of hip mobility exercise I have from him because in order to do monkey kung fu, you have to almost be a contortionist, right? Um, And I think that that stuff is great, but that doesn't mean that I use those high kicks when I fight or when I spar. So th- those are, for me, that's always two different things. You know what I mean? Like for me, it's like this is me as an athlete or as a martial artist, and this is what I need to defend myself on the street. And those are not necessarily the same thing. Um, Sean, what about from the Jeet Kune Do perspective, where um, there's maybe slightly more emphasis on kicking, especially at range than in Wing Chun, and obviously Bruce Lee would do high kicks. So, so what is kind of, in your opinion, what is your take on that?
0: Okay, well, I agree with all, just everything that Alex said, but I want to take it in a little bit of a different direction in that um, there's a saying thrown around in JKD. I don't know if actually Bruce Lee actually said it, but it's always attributed to Bruce, Bruce Lee, so I'll do the same thing. But um, they, say, uh, they say Bruce Lee said, I wouldn't punch you in the foot. Why would I kick you in the head? Right. And of course that's true, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't have the ability to do so. Right. Uh, for the reasons Alex stated, if you can kick, if you want to kick effectively low and let's call low, uh, waist height or lower, having the ability to show control at say chest level or chin level will give you an overwhelming ability at waist level. As Alex said, you don't want waist level to be your, your limit because that's where you're going to start to lose control, you know, and when I, when, when, when Alex was saying about, you know, when you, you reach your, the, uh, I guess the apex of your stretch at that point and your, your body's fighting to pull it back, it's, it's, you're using up your own strength. You're going to wind yourself faster. So I do think if you have the physical ability to, to learn how to kick high, you should, should you ever do it in a fight? In my opinion, no, but. I think you should have that tool as part of your training as opposed to part of your uh, fighting arsenal as part of your training arsenal. You learn to kick high for training purposes, not for fighting purposes. Your your, your kicks for fighting purposes will be thigh, knee, hip in that area. But for training purposes, it's like saying like, oh, should I learn chi sao? You know, um, yeah, but you're never going to cheese out somebody in a fight. Well, you're going to learn high kicks, but you're never going to actually kick anybody high in a fight. It would be really rare for you to do so. But the, the other way I want to look at it was being from a JKD background, there's always this um, expectation of adding. There's there, which I know goes against everything the founder wanted in some ways. This idea, you know, Bruce Lee always spoke of stripping away things, but you know, people say you have to add first before you strip away. So JKD people tend to always look. I'm going to add this, add that, and add something else. And you have to, if you're going to add high kicks to your arsenal, make sure it's like I said, it's it's of the mindset of a training tool as opposed to a fighting tool. And going forward, whenever you're going to add something never add for the sake of adding Add to solve a problem. You know, we kind of have this little matrix of like, our strategy dictates our tools, our tools dictates our drills, our drills gives us the ability to enforce our strategy. And if I if I have someone comes to me and says, Hey, Sean, I learned how to do this awesome jump spinning hook kick great it's a, a great athletic endeavor but and it may may give him the ability to jump high and live a healthy life and be stronger in his legs and things to that effect but when it becomes when it comes time to add it into your matrix of of fighting tools realize that you're now upsetting the apple card so if you add a new tool now you have to add a drill every drill does two things A drill teaches you something good and often will teach you something bad. Um, No drill is 100% teaching you something good. So before you're going to add a new drill, you have to understand what is something bad I can what's what's a bad habit I can pick up from this drill. It you have to be super aware of what you're adding and all the ramifications because now if it's part of this becomes part of your toolbox, where does it fit into your strategy? You know, once once you now start talking strategy, you have to start adding now drills to add that into your strategy. So, say you're going to start using this jump spinning hook kick for when people jump to your whatever left, and you're going to now catch them with this spinning hook kick as they're moving to the left. That's going to be your way of using it. Well, you can just say it all you want, but unless you drill it, you're never going to pull it off in a fight, right? So now you have to come up with a drill. So now you've changed your strategy. You've changed your 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 drills you've added a new tool and you've, you you kind of picking up this new ability but if that ability upsets other abilities you have you've now hurting hurt yourself by adding a new tool so you have to be super super careful by what you add i am super super careful before i add quote unquote a strategy before i add a drill before i add a tool if i try and develop an attribute i want to understand its ramifications on everything i do right you know, but I do firmly believe that we have to look at um, a toolbox of drills and a toolbox of com- combat tools as two separate things. You wouldn't, you don't punch, you don't punch a person the same way you'd punch a heavy bag. Punching a heavy bag develops an attribute, but in do in developing that attribute, it also gives you a false sense of distance, and it, it does other things that are not good. So someone like a a fighter on Alex's level understands these things you know the speed bag develops an attribute but it also has your hands held way too high to be used in combat that way so he understands that there's a positive and a negative and the negative is acceptable because he understands what the negative is and he understands that he will never do that negative in a fight and 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 he has the right mindset because he knows I'm going into the speed bag as as, as, as a as a, as a a tool of development, and I'm gonna take this positive and use it going forward. If there's a new tool, it upsets the whole apple cart. You can't just say you're adding one thing, it's not gonna affect everything else. You as a person is gonna affect everything else you do. So I say be super careful what you do. And the last thing I'm gonna say, I wanna say about this is do what you like. Ignore me and Alex. If, <laughs> if, if doing high kicks fucking makes you happy, do high kicks. If you hate them don't do them it's martial arts are for fun you know what i mean it's it's on on on, if you could if you're training how to punch and kick you're light years ahead of the average schmuck in the street you know what i mean the average schmuck in the street doesn't know what they're doing so if once you're past the level you can punch and kick and move around a little bit and, and they're smart enough not to get into a fight do what the hell makes you happy that's my advice
1: absolutely yeah i mean there's there's always the kind of technical and practical advice and then there's always what you just said yeah but we're also just having fun this is a hobby for most people and you know i'm 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 a Wing chun you know fanatic and this is what i love to do but a couple times a week i i put on gloves and i stand in front of a heavy bag and i just do some kickboxing or i brush the dust off my old taekwondo kicks or throw a you know a jeet kendo lead sidekick or whatever just because like okay these are things i want to practice and i want to still be able to do and and you, you know just
0: mentioned that sword thing you were doing the sword the, that's the, right the,
1: the broad sword and all that and, and and that has no bearing on me as a wing chun person uh in terms of what i'm going to actually practice or do but these are things that increase my ability to move and and understanding of mechanics and stuff so and if it makes you happy, just go ahead and do it. The world, the world is full of experts and people telling you what you shouldn't do and everything like that. Just right. enjoy it, man. This is just, this is not a dress rehearsal. You know, you have only one shot to, right. to go to. Yeah,
0: you, ha- you have to kind of enjoy your life a little bit. And you know, people shit on martial arts all the time. Um, it, I really wish, you know, there really was a one tribe, one vibe, you know, thing about the martial arts. But it just doesn't. You know, it may exist within some families, but. In fact, you know, is people shit all over martial arts all over, all over the time and they'll sit there and, you know, analyze it to the death. You know, oh, this lineage is better than that lineage because this guy 50 years ago beat up people on rooftops. Right. or Or, you know, this guy, some representative 75 years ago beat up a representative of another Kung Fu system in some field in Foshan, you know, 75 years ago. So this system is better. Who gives obviously,
1: a fuck? obviously, right?
0: It's it's all about you know what if you can handle yourself a little bit, have fun, right? You know, I I have a buddy of mine, who every once in a while likes to needle me about doing Wing Chun, mm-hmm. and he he'll, he'll send me videos of Wing Chun people getting beat up in MMA competitions, and he does it good naturedly. but like I always like one time I had said to him like listen you know, I like to build model airplanes. Cause they, I find it enjoyable. I like to build like F14s and right. I, I just dig, you know, the whole, you know, smelling the glue and, oh wait, I'm not <laughs> but, I did the, the, but you know what? Some people like to build tanks and some people like to build antique cars. You got to do what kind of makes you happy too, because it's your life and who gives a shit what other people think. Mm-hmm. So do what makes you happy.
1: Speaking of, uh, having fun, uh, our Conor McGregor Mayweather fights coming up, man. So I know, I know, wait. I know. We discussed this before, but yeah, you know, it's been a little while, and um, the press tour happened uh, while we were on uh, our, our little hiatus. And there's, you know, been some stuff happening in Conor's camp, and the fight's coming up soon. It's this month already, man.
0: Conor's gonna beat his ass. All right, so maybe not.
1: But- <laughs> See here's the thing, it's very easy to make the prediction that uh, Mayweather's gonna dance around him, he's gonna make a miss, he's gonna make him look like an amateur, and it's gonna be kind of probably a boring and awkward fight. Like I can imagine there's gonna be a lot of awkward moments and some missing and some weird stuff where it's just like, ugh, and it's just gonna look kind of ugly for a boxing match. Um, And to say that, you know, Floyd is going to move around and dance and, and, and avoid getting hit and just kind of win on a technical thing. Well, that's that's a pretty safe thing to say, and that is probably what's going to happen. Having said that, I would love to be proven wrong. All right, I'm going to say, like, openly I'll go with the safe bet that Floyd Mayweather is just going to do what he always does in the ring. Um, but, you know, if Connor lands that golden lucky punch – and can, you know, put his mitts on him, and now there's some talk that they might move to eight-ounce gloves and all sorts of crazy stuff. So um, there's always a chance. I mean, Conor has what they call a puncher's chance. Is it likely? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure the whole event's going to be a goddamn shit show. But I'll be in Hong Kong when it happens, so it'll actually be Sunday morning in Hong Kong when that fight is going on. So I'll be getting up and going to some pub on the Hong Kong Island side to watch that turkey of a fight. in the morning and (laughs) and you know and i'm a huge conor mcgregor fan and and i'm happy that he's going to get paid i don't think it's going to be any i don't think there's going to be any revelation in terms of martial arts um i think you're going to see you know like i remember um, a few months ago and i may have said this on our uh, season finale of the last podcast somebody on twitter posted the conor mcgregor floyd mayweather fight is going to answer the age-old question who is better the world's best boxer or someone else (laughs) and and i thought it was like you know you know all the things that connor has done aside that's kind of the question that's being asked you know who's the who's the better boxer the best boxer you know with the undefeated record or somebody else and i kind of have a feeling that that's that's what's going to happen because you know connor's boxing and connor's punching is absolutely amazing but it's optimized for an mma situation where kicks are involved and you have to watch out for takedowns the stance in boxing is different the range in boxing is different the volume in boxing is different the defensive tactics strategies rules all that kind of stuff it's it is a different game and mayweather in addition to his undefeated record he has been boxing with his dad since he was a little child. I mean, this is like, this is like the Gracie's who grew up doing jujitsu from day one. I mean, like, you you know, it's like, yeah, maybe Hickson is a little bit older, but you know, but when Hickson was 40, like Mayweather's 40, good luck. (laughs) So, um, I, I, I don't really think that, um, that Connor is really going to pull it off. Connor's going to get paid. Good for him. Um, if Connor lands a, I mean, if Connor lands a lucky punch and knocks that sob out, I'm going to be screaming like a Swedish schoolgirl and I'll be excited. And I would love nothing more than for Connor to win. I just don't think it's going to happen. Uh, so, I think
0: Alex is wrong. I think I think Alex. First of all, I think Alex wants to squeal like a Swedish schoolgirl, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> and because it, it would just justify the way he dresses. Anyway, I, I think Alex would have a puncher's chance. You know, a, a trained fighter would have a puncher's chance against Conor McGregor. And what a puncher's chance means is they listen. Any any asshole who can throw a punch properly could could you know on any given Sunday, right? Yeah. I think I think Conor's got more of a puncher's chance, more than a puncher's chance. I think I think Conor has. I think I think. Listen, I don't know if Connor's going to win. I think he's going to do better than people think
1: he is. That's possible, and I would, I would love that.
0: I think he's going to do much better than people think
1: he is. Did, did you hear that, that his sparring partner, that Paulie Malinaghi quit his camp today? Did right, you hear about he, all that stuff? Because he got of his the, ass kicked. Of the, he's like, yeah, go ahead and show the photo or whatever. And it's like, well, or show the video, I guess. So he says that there's some kind yeah. of video. Connor's only got his guys there. And it's like, well, why, why is that surprising? If I, if I was in a fight camp for, for Floyd Mayweather, I would also only have my guys in right, like exactly camp, right. too. I mean, like, why is it so? like, what, is he supposed to, like, invite, like, Floyd's guys to come and watch him spar? Like, I don't understand why Paulie said that as if that was some kind of, like, yeah, I mean, look, he's, like, totally evil. He's only got his guys there. It's like, um, yeah, that, that's kind of how, it, I'm pretty sure Floyd's only got his guys there, too, right?
0: It's like, really, like, hey, off. when you have a fight camp that someone even gives a shit about, then you can pick who you want there. but until that day happens get your ass kicked by connor and shut up
1: absolutely so um, i mean it'll be interesting i would i would love i would love for connor to do something great and i think that would also be a beautiful story it would be beautiful for mma it would be beautiful for connor i want nothing more than connor to win i just don't think it's going to happen um, right. but yeah i mean i'm 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 a huge connor mcgregor fan i think connor's great i think in mma connor is one of the few guys whose fighting style in my opinion really embraces very closely that which Bruce Lee himself was looking for in terms of combat. And I just, I just think he's great. And people don't like him for the trash talking, the trash talking's what got him here. It's the reason why we're talking about him. And, and he's good at it. It's like, if you're going to talk trash, you might as well be damn good. And he's damn good at it. So how can you fault somebody for that? It is, it is no, I, I mean, there is an art to trash talking and not everybody can do it. People try, but I mean, they can't. He can do right. it. So let him do it. it. He's good
0: at it. Absolutely. He's to sell a fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like that's why he had said one day when when people, when Dana White tells other fighters, you're going to fight Conor McGregor. He says it's red panties night in that house. Because that's right. Yeah. They know they're going to make some money because Conor's not going to shut the fuck up. And yeah. They, and they're going to sell that fight and people are going to make some money. And that's what it's all about.
1: Absolutely, it's business. Man so hey i think before we get out of here i i wanted to mention something because our 15 year anniversary which you talked about earlier everyone who came in attendance got an anniversary book which kind of told the kind of photo story of my school over 15 years and a lot of people were kind of upset because they wanted to have that book and of of course the book was only printed for people who came to the anniversary thing but we have a few we have a few left over because we, we had to print them in like i don't know batches of 50 or like they couldn't we couldn't print the exact number of people that were there we had to print like 20 or 30 more than than people that came so for like a super super limited time and i can't even stress how we're, we almost have none of them left If people go to my online shop, wt-athletics.com, that's wt-athletics.com, besides all the other fine merchandise and my fantastic book, which is available there, um, we for a limited time actually have that anniversary book, which went out only to people who were there. Um, and and we have it for sale for people who want it. It's a collector's item. Uh, it's only there's only one edition printing. It will not be reprinted. And we have two options. One is the regular one and then for a couple extra bucks. Sean will sign my name in it for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, the best part about it is I'm in the freaking book, too. That's so. right.
1: You are in the book. You are in the book. And I, I talk about you in the book as well. So, um, so yeah, guys, if you the, for those who got a little upset that they couldn't make it and they couldn't get an anniversary book, WT-Athletics.com, and you can go for whatever remaining copies we have left. Do it as quick as can as you can because they're flying out of here. Also want to remind you guys – to like the dudes of kung fu page on facebook and like the hell out of it post it share it with your friends when sean posts beautiful photos of yours truly you need to repost that and let people know how much you love the dudes and uh <laughs> we're on twitter we got the dudes of kung fu on twitter as well and uh Kung Fu Genius, Alex Richter is also on Twitter as well. Uh, love you guys to support us. And we're very excited about our new season four. We got some new ideas, new things coming down the pike, and we'll talk about that probably a little bit more on the next podcast, I can imagine. Yeah. We just wanted to kind of get back into it, let you guys know that we're still alive. And, um, yeah, thank you so much for supporting.
0: Have a good night, folks.
1: Take care.